Welcome everybody to another episode of Night of the Podcast. This is Dave D. Saint here, ready to talk more about all the upcoming stuff, all the stuff that's been going on. Just so, so much stuff. Oh my God, dude. Sir Seb Cowabunga. Oh my God. Goodness, yo! I want to tell you guys that I'm here, uh, partying like always, taking it to the next level. I don't give a damn. Just kidding, guys. This is Dave D. Saint here, uh, about to talk to you a little bit of night of the podcast. Talk to you about some trailers. Obviously the trailers that I'm gonna talk to you, it's uh, around Christmas time. And um, we're gonna talk about, I wanna actually, you know, originally I wanted to get into like a spoiler uh, of the Batman. It's been time. I wanna talk about it. Um, I I did like a questionnaire earlier in the, the month. About the Batman when I saw it, um, but now this is going to be spoiler spoilers. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Pam and Tommy show that was on Hulu. For all of you kiddies who grew up in the '90s and got to see the adult um, um, film of Pam and Tommy uh, by Pam and Tommy, I mean Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, uh, the lead the drummer of the band called oh my god why am i blanking out the name of this band oh motley crew my bad my bad sorry i never listened to the music that motley crew did but uh yeah i did live through those times so uh i remember i'll give you a little my thoughts on the actual uh video um which i saw years ago um and uh yeah we'll just talk about certain things that happened throughout the week We'll talk about the slap heard around the world, if you know what I mean. At the Oscars, it's crazy. Um, Will Smith, Wagata! Chris Rock. And Rock was like, wow! What happened? What happened? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But like always, you guys know me. I like to, to uh, uh, you know, look at trailers. So, uh, this one obviously came out on Netflix about, uh, I mean, we are in, uh, what are we, January, March, we're at the end of March, so it's been three months since this movie came out, or should I say four months, uh, yeah, and it's the name of the movie is A Boy Called Christmas, don't know what it, it's about, I'm assuming... It's about an elf? I don't know. Let's see this. A boy called Krimis. A boy called Krimis. So obviously we're going to do that. And then after the news, we'll just get into um, reviews and recommendations and call it a day. Alrighty, so this movie, A Boy Called Christmas, came out on Netflix about four months ago, yes, uh, the teaser, we're going to review the teaser, and then as time goes by, we'll watch the trailers and stuff like that. So, the teaser came out five months ago. Let's read what the synopsis of A Boy Called Christmas means. A Boy Called Christmas. Did anybody see that? 
Uh, you guys can't answer me because I'm talking to myself. All right, so A Boy Called Christmas is about... In this origin story of Father Christmas, an ordinary boy with a loyal pet mouse and a reindeer at his side sets out on an extraordinary extraordinary adventure to find his father who is on a quest to discover the fabled village of Elf Elfhelm. Okay. That so that came out around Christmas time. So let's listen to this the teaser. And enjoy. The universe is made of stories. Maggie Smith. Where anything and everything can happen. From the studio that brought you the Christmas Chronicles. Nobody knew about Christmas. Ah, this looks good. Based on the international bestseller. Showed the world how to believe in the impossible. A boy called Christmas. It's on Netflix. It came out November twenty fourth. Maggie Smith's in it, Kristen, Kristen Wiig. Uh, wow, I never saw that trailer. I am beginning to kick myself in the booty hole for not watching that when it was coming out. But I'm definitely going to give it a try, guys. I know that I'm behind. But like like I told you, there's so many movies that I still haven't caught up with. I mean, come on. There was a lot of nominations out there. Um... This past uh, uh, Oscars that I remember watching the trailers and saying that I would watch it. And now all these movies that I seen trailers to were nominated and I had no idea. All right. So the next trailer we're going to look at is called Bad Sport. uh, Trailer came out about six months ago. It's a TV series, and it, it the synopsis reads, follows six stories of sports and crime told by the athletes, coaches, and law enforcement officials. All right, so let's check this trailer out. To be honest with you, I can't even find words to explain the feeling of what I lost. This is seismic. This is a real bombshell. The biggest scandal in the history of Italian football. It's a bizarre story. One wealthy woman just came up to me and said, hey, could you kill my horse for me? You know, like you're going to cut her grass or something. Six stories of corruption, manipulation. Continue smuggling drugs to support his racing habit. I'm thinking, okay, let's bring in bigger loads. you got to have nuts this big. My cut was right at $10 million. Next to Mandela. And he was probably the next highest regarded citizen. I should never have been able to get COVID. This is one of the biggest scandals in Olympic history. The French judge, she said, I had to do it. It was a deal with the Russians. What? Frankly, it was the Cold War on ice. This is not a game. One of the most significant sports conspiracies in the country. 
just don't win by more than six. And sure enough, they won by six. Wow. So that came out on October 6th of last year. Uh, I, it's crazy to think that a lot of this stuff still actually happens where um, games are fixed. You know, you, you, you like... Your life revolves around a game, all right? Let's say you're into sports, right? And you play it professionally. A lot of stuff happens behind the scenes that we have no idea about. And sometimes we think certain things happen. Just look at look at what happened at look at what happened at the at the at the Oscars. Uh, Will Smith went and smacked the ever living crap out of Chris Rock for saying something about his wife a lot of people believe that that was fixed um for the reason that you know right now there's a lot of stuff going on in in our country you know the war against ukraine um supposedly that's made up um you know right now supposedly they caught out uh uh biden and a whole bunch of like people who sorry guys i dropped my mic a bunch of people, um, I don't know, fixed elections and stuff. I have no idea what exactly is going on, but it's it's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I know that I got ahead of it. I wasn't going to talk about this till the news, but the slap heard around the world was, you know, the Oscars. Uh, Chris Rock goes up stage to um, read about a documentary or something like that nominees or whatever and he you know obviously he's a comedian he goes up on stage makes fun of a couple of people and he made fun of of jada pinkett smith and her hair um she cut her hair off and she was bald so he he said uh i heard about gi jane too can't wait to see you in it it wasn't a heavy joke. It was it, it was funny, but it wasn't great. I mean, she has cut her hair because supposedly she has a disease called alopecia, which, um, you know, she starts to lose her hair slowly or whatever the case. So she decided to trim it down because, you know, it's just just to beat it. Uh, you see Will Smith laugh at it and um, you see Jada Pinkett look like she's not happy about the joke at all. And then, you uh, um, you know, Chris Rock continues with his joke. And then all of a sudden he says, uh-oh. And then Will walks up to him and he looks like he's about to, I don't know what he looked like he was about to do. He looked like he was about to talk to him or anything. And then all of a sudden, whack, smacks him straight across the face. And I'll tell you right now, Chris Rock took it like a man, man. He took that like a man. Bashed him in the face. And he even said it. He was like... Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Um, then he proceeded to say, keep my, my my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And he said, it's a joke about G.I. Jane. And he said, keep my, my wife's name out of your effing mouth. 
At that point, everybody knew that this was not a stunt. You know, people do these stunts on uh, uh, in these shows and stuff. So people automatically knew this was not fixed. Uh, Nikita Alongo, Nyong'o was. You can see her face. She was shocked, and throughout uh, throughout the, the couple of days since it happened. Um, there's been pictures of all these celebrities shocked, blown away by what has happened because it was just out of nowhere. You know, these are comedians, and for them, for for somebody to take it to that f- place where they got out of their seat to bash somebody in the face, these are comedians. You're in the public light. You're in the limelight. You chose this lifestyle. It's you get criticized. For your acting they your your acting chops. You get criticized for, for all the stuff that you do. I mean, not more than a year ago, uh, Jada Pickett Smith uh, stated to Will, even though they were in an open relationship, that she was with some younger guy named August something. And she slept with him. She's like what? In her late 50s or, or whatever, you know, she's in her 50s somewhere. And she's sleeping with a 20-something-year-old kid. And then she openly tells Will, and Will takes it like a man. He just took that punch straight to the face and he said that he would try to work out to be with his wife. And they're getting through this and all this stuff and whatever the hell, whatever. He, You know, they're in... The thing, uh, uh, the, the the right in the front row. Obviously, Chris Rock says his joke. He bashes him in the face. Right after that, there seemed like a lot of confusion. But throughout this whole time, there's been a lot of just hearsay. She, he said, she said type stuff. Nobody really knows what if it's if it was if it was fake. Nobody knows if it was if it was set up. Uh, it, it, like a lot of people say this is not set up it was real but then again it could have been all a stunt I don't know and th- th- this whole thing is like what what that bad sport movie is about you know you think you're watching a real game but there's really these bookies behind saying this is how much you're gonna lose the game by this is how much it, and that's what this this bad sport movie which I have to check it out but that it felt that this is what um, it feels like, you know, the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. So if it was set up for him to smack him so we can deter away from what's going on in our world right now <clears throat> and concentrate on all the bullcrap with Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, then it's a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, bullcrap story. But whatever, enough with that. Uh, next trailer we're gonna look about look at is called Fear Farm Two. So I don't know nothing about Part One, but Fear Farm Two uh, reads: Melanie has just gained consciousness to discover that she is being held hostage by the Walker family, so they can harvest her special skin in order to create a breakthrough skin cre- care cream and bloom the business. Also, she's not alone. So the Fear Farm farm it's not f a r m it's p h a r m so i don't know what this is about let's check out this trailer it looks like it's a horror movie trailer came out about five months ago so yeah let's check it out 
That's not the trailer. I hate YouTube. Here we go. While we hunt for other people like you. One year ago. We can rest easy knowing every two weeks we can just come back to you for more. Fifteen years ago, my lovely wife Florence stumbled upon a breakthrough in the human aging process. Florence's miracle face uses medical discoveries from nine different patents. Wow, they're just ripping pieces of people's bodies. Okay. What are you doing? We gotta go. Here. We don't even know if we're heading in or further out. No, 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 no. None of that matters. We stay here, we die. Well, she's right. How do we know we're not heading right to one of them? Let's play. Where are they? What are you doing? The maze? What? The nightmare continues. And I will be damned if I'm gonna walk my hallway knowing she's still alive. Now I'll finish the job. Oh, I have been wanting to do this for real. For real. Double the kills. Double the gore. Double the fear. Fear Farm 2. So I see the pain that you've caused. So that looks really, really, really low budget. Um, looks like one of those like as asylum movies. But still looks interesting to me. I like bullcrap movies like that. Because they're called B-movies. Um, sometimes they're fun. But, you know, a lot of people won't waste their time on that because it's not high-quality movies that are theatrical and stuff like that. Like, uh, Gus J. Soil 777. If it's not a movie that's HD quality, it has to be HD quality everything. Then he can't watch it. Like I have this app called uh, Cinema, and you can find a 1080p 1080p movie or a 720. I usually go after the 720 because when you put 1080p, sometimes it stalls, but it's always high quality, and you're watching the movie. But to him, if it's not HD 100%, he won't watch it, and that's ridiculous. Um, but you know, go to each his own, I guess. Uh, next trailer we're gonna look at is called A Mother's Lie. Okay, so A Mother's Lie reads A woman determined to save her dying daughter uncovers her, her mother's sinister secret. Alrighty then. Anybody famous? I don't think so. <coughs> um, this trailer came out about six months ago. So this looks like another like low budget movie. It's a uh, Mar Vista Entertainment. 
But let's check this out. It's a thriller. We bonded our insurance with NJM and safe. We bundled with the alpaca. And then it'll be the alpaca. see that alrighty then moving on soulmates let's see this Soulmates 2021. Let's see what we have here. Oh, guys. If you only knew the week that I've had. Last week was just too much of a headache, man. Alright, so. Hold on. I'm just uh, looking at some stuff here. And I will pursue. Okay. So, Soulmate stars Bill Skarsgård, who also played um, Pennywise, the clown. And movie came out 2021. Uh, <clears throat> it's a prime primetime video movie. It reads, in the near future, scientists make a monumentous discovery, a way to find one soulmate 
each self-contained episode illustrates the potential cost of finding true love. All right, this kid, this trailer came out about six months ago. So let's check this out. I think it's, wait, which one am I reading here? Soulmate Season 1 official trailer. This came out about a year ago, though. Am I getting this right? I think I'm getting... Because they got two different names here. I think the one that I want is the 2021. Let me see. This is... uh, It's coming out in 2020. I'm sorry. The one that... I'm reading the wrong one. Although that really looked interesting, though. Okay, so this one's 2021. It came out last year. Stars Alice, Alice Barrett. Uh, this looks like it might be a lesbian movie or some sort. <laughs> Says two Vermont girls, Samantha and Jessamine, are each other's everything. Their small town way of life is suddenly jeopardized by two out of staters. Jess's New fiance incorporation of threatening Vermont's age old maple syrup industry. So let's check this out. It's one thing to build a truck, it's another to build a legacy. Ford F Series, the best selling pickups for 45 years straight. Custom build your new Ford F 150 and get an extra $1,000 bonus cash. View more offers at buyfordnow.com. Sam, do you remember when we were kids? You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Always and forever. <laughs> You're practically like a sister to me. The yin to my yang. Where did you even get that thing? Two inseparable friends. Since when did life get so stressful? In their little hometown. Corporation that's trying to take over the Vermont maple industry. My bracelet's is caught. Yeah, you're free. Oh, but we're not. <laughs> Have one big problem. Hi, alert. I'm Jessamine. Linda. I just moved up here from Connecticut. <laughs> you work for Peterson Maple? As a matter of fact, I do. He doesn't even seem like your type. <laughs> He's really great, Sam. Jess is whack. She's Maple in Vermont. She's being corrupted. I heard screaming I came as fast as I could. <laughs> I really love him. Can you please try for me, Sam? Excuse me! Ow! Oh yeah, of course. I don't trust this guy. Why are you on a mission to destroy the Vermont maple industry? I see some hands again. Go back to Connecticut! This is ridiculous. I find the guy of my dreams, and my best friend hates him. I miss my friend. I miss my friend too. Soulmates. Fairy tale update! Everything works out! It doesn't! I'm gonna be plenty warm this winter. Eh, not really something that I'm jumping for joy about, but... 
it's 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 something you know something all right so let's move on to the next movie the trailer i saw that it was nominated or something uh in the in the the in the oscars so remember the movie is called cyrano and it stars what's his name um peter dinklage it reads, too self-conscious to woo Roxanne himself, wordsmith Cyrano de Bergerac helps young Christian nab her heart through love letters. <clears throat> Alrighty. So this was produced by Universal Pictures. The trailer came out about five months ago. Uh, let's see this. He's here. Cyrano? Cyrano. Pleasure to meet you, Cyrano de Bergerac. You're a freak. Freak. My dearest friend, I'd be very angry with you if you died. Yeah. I need something to die for. Write poems and cry for. I won't be ashamed. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. We have no money. Joe Wright. is your only option. I won't be rescued. I'm not in distress. Love, does that mean nothing to you? Children need love. Adults need money. Director of Pride and Purges and Atonement. I am happy in love. Perhaps he feels the same. But I've never actually spoken to him. Of your love. <laughs> I think. <laughs> he is Christian. Christian Newberg. He's a new recruit in your regiment. Be his friend. I might not like him. A woman like Roxanne wants weight. I don't know how to speak romantically. I am a poet. My words upon your lips. I will make you romantic. Will you make me handsome? She loves me! I in January. My love for you is so powerful. My love for you is so powerful. It has the strength of Hercules. It has the strength of Hercules. Hercules! Got anything better? She's all I can Speak to me like you do in your letters. You are a beautiful flower. I'm not a flower. I need more. You're in love with her. My fate is to love her from afar. We must let her decide our fate. She must have the choice. Cyrano. Ah, that movie looks really good. Peter Dinklage has really... You know, it's funny because the most famous small person was Warwick Davis. But he's literally taken a back burner to Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage has, after after Game of Thrones, he literally sealed his, his career. I haven't seen any other famous small people like that. It's Peter Dinklage is doing some serious movies. I, I think... He has the capability of being one of the best actors out there. And they're actually giving him a lot of movie time. 
All right, next trailer we're gonna look at is called Needle in a Time Stack. So this is, uh, it reads, Nick and Janine live in a marital bliss until Janine's ex-husband warps time to try to tear them apart. As Nick's memories disappear, he must decide what he's willing to sacrifice in order to hold on to or let go of everything he loves. Let's see this. So this trailer came out about five months ago. Or is it, oh yeah, Orlando Bloom is in the movie. All right, let's see this. Stop. Stop. Frida Pinto, Leslie Odom, Cynthia Erivo. What do you think about when you think about us? You and I would just live forever. Just be with me always. And always. I hear you do the time traveling thing. You never been jaunting. It's amazing. The past doesn't just belong to history books anymore. Now we can live it, touch it, change it. You're like a caveman. You and him fighting over Janine. Oh well, she's my wife. She was his wife first. He wants you back. He's going through time to make us never happen. No one can make us not happen. Battery Award winning writers, 12 years of slave. Tommy changed our timeline, so we never met. Maybe I go back in time. What if you go back, but you end up with a different future? Janine? Honey, you alright? Oh, wow. True love is timeless. I'm starting to forget my wife. I'm starting to lose her. Nobody belongs to anyone. Something's different, and I can feel it. Leslie Odom Jr., Freda Pinto, Cynthia Erivo, and Orlando Bloom. Wow, this movie looks pretty good. You and I would just live forever. Needle and a time stack. That looks really good. Came out on October 15th. Time traveling uh, romantic love story. Alrighty. Uh, last trailer, I guess, or a bit of... of uh, it was like a little teaser that came out for the Netflix previews of 2022 movies. So let's check that out. It's just going to... It is a bunch of movies that um, Netflix is trying to release. Excuse me, within uh, the time period of 2022. <clears throat> 
Alrighty. Here we go. Netflix 2022 movie preview. The mother. The mother, the Adam Project. Day Shift. The Gray Man. Spiderhead. In here is the great big world. Slumberland. You can go places your dreams can't dream of. Or see things that give you nightmares. Nightmares. Falling for Christmas. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Amadea Critwa. Boo. The Great Man. And here you can make your escape. already don't like you right back at you sometime they clone Tyrone Carter the school for good and evil and all the homes too hey, yeah. mystery sparks extraordinary adventure the real mystery is why everyone's talking to them I thought that was my thing tall girl too yeah. end of yeah, the road Walk on my Hustle. court, you have to think I am the best guy out there. I don't care if LeBron's playing. We have a ghost. Me time. The party never stops. That's false. I got something to do in the morning, so it kind of does. The good nurse. Don't blame karma. Wendell and Wild. Luckiest girl alive. You people. Are you feeling this? Kind of. You don't have to. I know it. I'm doing it for me. Okay. <laughs> the takedown. The sea beast. The mothership. In here, you can make an incredible discovery. I feel like a kid again. I want to see something cool. The school for good and evil. Is the wow. great big world and every night is movie night Knives Out too. new movies every week only on Netflix wow Netflix is really doing a killing. They're coming out with movies left and right. But then again, they can't afford that. I mean, right now, there's just a lot of time that they could just do whatever they want. Alrighty, everybody. We're going to pay some bills and we'll be right back with some uh, Batman spoilers. And then we're going to get into the talk of, uh, of Pam and Tommy and then some news. And then we'll call it a day. Oh, and then, of course, uh, uh, how was it? Uh, reviews and recommendations, then call it a day. But we'll be right back. And we are back. Um, I, I Before I get into any news or anything about anything, found this video that I had to play. It's, uh, you know, obviously after the whole crazy thing between Chris Rock and Will Smith... 
Uh, it's it's a whole video, a whole eight minutes. We're gonna listen to this because it's it's just you know what Chris Rock's mindset is and Will Smith and all different people and their thoughts on it. Let's listen to this. Oh, Richard! <laughs> oh wow! Wow! He's delusional. Chris Rock has finally broken his silence regarding Will Smith slapping him during the Oscars. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know what just went down at the Oscars. During the 2022 Oscar telecast, Chris Rock and Will Smith had a spat. When Rock took the stage to present the Oscar for documentary feature, he joked about Jada Pinkett Smith's shorn head appearing in G.I. Jane. Smith then walked onto the stage and slapped Rock. Despite the fact that it appeared to be a joke at first, Smith returned to his seat and continued to rant at Rock. But how has Chris responded to the entire ordeal? And how will he proceed moving forward? Keep on watching to find out. In the immediate aftermath of the slap, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me, said a stunned Rock. Smith responded, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth, and repeated the phrase. Rock responded, oh wow. For viewers at home, censors muted the verbal part of the exchange between Rock and Smith. The theater went silent, and Rock said, That was the greatest night in the history of television. Clearly trying to defuse the situation and keep the show going despite the physical altercation. The Los Angeles Police Department confirms to Variety that Chris Rock has declined to file a police report following an altercation with Will Smith at the 94th Academy Awards. A full statement from the Los Angeles Police Department reads, LAPD investigative entities are aware of an incident between two individuals during the Academy Awards program. The incident involved one individual slapping another. The individual involved has declined to file a police report. If the involved party desires a police report at a later date, LAPD will be available to complete an investigative report. Charmin Ultrasoft right, is twice as absorbent, so you can use less. Sorry, that was a quick commercial. Uh, quick commercial again. This goes on to show how Chris Rock really feels about the situation without having to verbally address it as of yet. The refusal to file charges against Smith displays that Chris Rock does not deem Will to be an enemy or have an ill intent toward him and points towards his acceptance that whatever Will did, it was out of anger and delusion in the heat of the moment. It further shows that Chris does not plan on dragging this feud any more than it has already been dragged and wants to make an attempt at mending things with the Oscar winner. Will Smith smacked comedian Chris Rock on the 94th Academy Awards stage and Sunday night and Bradley Cooper, Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington were seen talking to him. Cooper, 47, put his hand on Smith's shoulder, while Smith, 53, had his hand softly caressing Cooper's waist and completed their meeting with a hug, according to photos from the Dolby Theater. Smith was also spoken to by Perry and Washington. Moments thereafter, Sean Diddy Combs appeared on stage and promised Smith and Rock that they would settle things like family later. Okay, Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party, okay? 
Smith later attended the Vanity Fair Oscar party with his sons, Trey and Jaden, daughter Willow and wife, standing with his prize on the red carpet and smiling for photographers. Other guests at the party reacted to the incident, with filmmaker David Furnish saying he tells his sons, with Elton John, don't hit anybody under any circumstance. But actress and comedian Tiffany Haddish defended Smith, saying he had been standing up for his wife. Jaden Smith tweeted after his father hit rock, and that's how we do it. Other members of the film industry criticized Smith, with The Last Samurai producer Marshall Herskovitz calling on the Academy to take disciplinary action against him, and Star Wars actor Mark Hamill calling it the ugliest Oscar moment ever. He added, Stand-up comics are very adept at handling hecklers. Violent physical assault, not so much. Twitter reactions from Hollywood's elite showed that they clearly felt Will Smith was in the wrong for inciting violence against a comedian, making a light-hearted joke. Famous sports analyst Stephen A. Smith took to the platform to shed light on the racial aspect of the entire scenario, tweeting, If Will Smith seriously did that and he wins the Oscar, he just stayed the greatest moment of his career. You cannot do that, especially as a black man in that position to another black man on that stage. If this was not a joke, Will won't live this down. Some, like Emmy-nominated producer Will Packer, just enjoyed the drama and the spice, saying, well, I said it wouldn't be boring. Famous show host Conan O'Brien joined in the banter. Just saw the Will Smith slap. Anyone have a late night show I can borrow just for tomorrow? Others like Jimmy Kimmel stayed on the fence and just hoped that the incident didn't take the spotlight away from the rest of the awards ceremony and deserving participants, writing, I know the big story is the slap, but congratulations to Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall, who were very funny. I hope that isn't overshadowed by the unpleasantness. The scuffle not only shook the celebrities, but sent shockwaves across social media as well, dividing the public opinion regarding the situation. While a section of the internet supported Will Smith, others were of the opinion that his violent behavior was uncalled for and that Chris Rock deserved an apology. Will Smith, love makes you do crazy things. How many times have victims of coercive control, domestic abuse, heard that line before as a defense for the behavior of a perpetrator? There is no excuse for violence. Doesn't matter how you excuse it away, a user criticized Smith. Another user wrote that it was absolutely okay to defend his wife and supported his stand. I support Will Smith's action. Don't cross the limit. There are things that isn't a laughing material. I have huge respect for him for standing up for his wife. That's a real man. I've seen so many husbands that talk shit about their wife out there. Will Smith's shocking moment on stage at the Oscars when he smacked Chris Rock wasn't only about a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Rock got on stage at the Oscars to present Best Documentary, and in true stand-up comedian fashion, he began hurling insults at the audience. Rock then switched his attention to Jada Pinkett Smith, stating he was excited to see her in G.I. Jane 2 after making a joke about Denzel Washington. Pinkett Smith wore her hair in a buzz cut similar to Demi Moore's character in the 1997 film G.I. Jane. Pinkett Smith, on the other hand, has been candid about her hair loss and bald spots due to an autoimmune condition known as alopecia. Mama's gonna have to take it down to the scalp so nobody thinks she got brain surgery or something, she wrote on Instagram in December. Me and this alopecia are gonna be friends, period. It's not the first time Rock has made a joke at the Oscars about the couple's relationship. When Rock presented the Oscars in 2016, he mentioned the couple in the context of Pinkett Smith's Oscars So White boycott. Jada's going to boycott the Oscars? Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, he said. 
Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. On an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from 1995, Rock played Smith's character's date for the evening. On David Letterman's The Late Show in 2011, Rock performed a skit on Smith, ostensibly complaining about the success of Smith's kids, Jaden and Willow Smith. The guy's already taking parts from me. Now his kids are taking parts from my kids. Will Smith, don't you have enough? He told Letterman. So it's evident that the two stars have been feuding for years. And this wasn't simply an isolated occurrence. There was a history of animosity between them. That's it from our side. Now we want to know your thoughts about how Chris handled the entire situation after being slapped by Will in front of millions. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more updates. Alrighty then, so that was literally like eight and nine minutes and a stupid little commercial. <clears throat> Now, my whole thing, should I keep it there or should I take it off? Most likely, I'll just leave it there. It's just a lot of stuff. So we, we, we got a little more into that, um, you know, Will Smith and um, Rock thing. Um, obviously, there's just a lot of controversy behind that. I wonder if they'll ever, you know, address it. I really would like to know because right now everything is going on. Chris Rock, not so much, I mean, everything's going on Will, not so much Chris Rock, Chris Rock hasn't literally, he hasn't said anything, he's just been quiet, so I'm wondering when when and if he will um, address it, uh, whatever. So let's get into the the questionnaires and my little Batman review. So the Batman. The Batman came out about what last month? Um and the movie didn't fail. It's it, it had a 90% um on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh this is uh Batman's second year at being the the the, the Cape Crusader. And he's not a hundred percent fully Batman. He's he's literally still learning. The process of being Batman. You see him. But you know that the villains already know who Batman is. The Batman I mean. Because at the beginning of the film. You see this whole uh, uh, scenario of different uh, situations going around in uh, what was it Gotham City. And bad guys all over the place. And they are seeing. They, they keep focusing on dark areas in these villains or these uh bad guys who are you know wreaking havoc or whatever the case they keep looking into these dark areas like if they're gonna see some kind of a of a, of a beast arise from this darkness and um we just know that they are awaiting the batman um uh, finally we see the batman step out from the shadows and he whoops some serious ass Batman is uh, obviously Bruce Wayne is Batman, but the most ruthless uh, Batman that you can see. I mean, we did see him pretty ruthless uh, when Ben Affleck took up the mantle in Batman versus Superman. Uh, so here we see him, you know, he's supposedly not even Bruce Wayne or Batman at that moment. He's vengeance and he takes out his brutal beating on one of these thugs. Uh, so in this world, it's already been situated. It's more like an Arkham world, like Arkham City, Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight. So villains already exist in this world. We don't need to see uh, uh, origins, except that we do see uh, the Riddler's origins. Wally, 
you guys are gonna hear my mascot around here. He is walking around. Um, you you kind of do see the origin story of the Riddler, uh, but. I, I honestly did not like his outfit. I kind of still wanted to see some kind of like an homage to the original Riddler outfit. I don't know. He seemed like a gimp. One of those like sex people that wear those masks over their face. It just did not seem uh, nice to me. But then again, he did kind of have this Zodiac Killer type of, of of finesse to him. He was he he was he was like ultimate mind control like he knew how he was playing his game um i asked a question in the last podcast when i talked about the batman um why didn't he just kill carman falcone um when he had the chance but then again why would he because he wanted his plan to unravel the way that he planned it out he wanted to strike fear into the city of gotham so he didn't just go ahead and kill Carmine Falcone when he had the chance he needed everything to be laid out he ultimately had he was playing uh, uh, Batman into doing his work for him because obviously the way he states he's like I'm not the brawn I'm the brain so he was manipulating Batman into doing things that he didn't even know he was doing for himself you know so the Riddler was the real mastermind of this movie. He was the real bad guy or the brains. Uh, we also got uh, the Penguin who pretty much, you know, he was a supporting character in some ways. Although he still had a good piece in the film. Uh, we found out recently that uh, they are working on a spin-off TV series for the Penguin to, I guess, explain more about him, which will be good because, you know, a lot of people want to know about him. Uh, but, yeah, he was... Uh, we also have the side story of Catwoman, who wasn't really known as Catwoman. She was just known as Selena Kyle, and she was portrayed by Zoe Kravitz, who, in the end, um, I, I was very pleased by her performance uh we do find out that uh this this uh catwoman is a little uh gender fluid i guess or she's uh bi bisexual of some sort because she has she she's saving this one girl who she calls baby um we don't know if they're actually in a relationship because they never actually show it and the girl's actually killed before that uh but uh, we did hear from Zoe Kravitz herself saying that her character is, you know, bisexual. So we have that inclination in our heads that she was in a relationship with this specific character. Um, what's his name? Uh, Wright? Uh, Jeffrey Wright, who portrayed Commissioner Gordon, uh, was pretty much the the clueless character in the movie. He was literally, he would be us. He was literally learning as he went along about you know obviously he was friends with batman already because uh i'm pretty sure they already year one was probably uh batman's creation and you know he already went through all the stuff that he went through but at this point he's closely associated with jeffrey wright and jeffrey wright is literally just you know getting the getting more inf information on uh, uh, the Riddler and the, and the Penguin, Carmine Falcone, and um, the Catwoman. It's pretty funny how this movie had so many characters, yet 
it was able to maintain a steady pace and give us so much information and give everybody some on-screen time. Uh, doesn't always work that way, you know. We have seen the movie, the X-Men movies, where uh, they they involve so many different characters, but they only have a specific certain characters who carry out the movie like um in the x-men we had what wolverine hugh jackman obviously patrick stewart who played professor xavier uh anna paquin who played rogue and a couple other ones out there you know famke jensen playing gene gray and james marsden as cyclops but those were the main characters who carried out the story of the x-men when you saw Halle Berry and all the other characters that were sporadically placed throughout the the movie, they really didn't have much to say. They had little tidbits in there. And um, a good ensemble cast film is when you deliver different lines and you're able to give enough screen time to people you know the avengers infinity war movies those movies were so great for that the end game they had time for each and every one of the characters and it developed very well so this batman movie was almost three hours long and they were able to like give you a piece of every single character um you had the whole unraveling of the riddler uh and his whole plan you had carmel falcone who literally gave uh bruce or robert pattinson who played bruce uh wayne uh he gave him a lot of information about who might have killed his parents. He they found he found out a lot of information about Thomas Wayne and and what he had uh you know set up and put into play um who was Catwoman's whole life story or background and what she, where she worked and the unraveling of her business and what she did on her spare time as the cat burglar because a lot of these characters weren't really Catwoman or the Riddler or, you know, they weren't really set on their moniker. Uh, Catwoman was literally just a cat burglar. She didn't even have her suit. She, she had some sort of... Uh, of uh, an imagining of a suit because Matt Reeves kind of wanted to make it into like a prototype. She just had like a ski mask and all that stuff. Batman had more of an armor plating type military outfit, which I really enjoyed. I didn't really enjoy the cowl, like the mask. Um, it just felt a little too bloated or whatever, but I loved the outfit that he wore. Uh, not really too fond of the cape. But yes, uh, Riddler, obviously I told you guys he looked like he had a raincoat slicker type gimp outfit. And uh, well, the, the Penguin, he one thing about the Penguin is the fact that I'm used to obviously Danny DeVito's Penguin um, who was just, you know, a lot of prosthetics and makeup. Uh, if you look at... Uh, the original, uh, was it Burgess, Mer Mer Meredith Burgess or Burgess Meredith from the original 1960s Batman, uh, he, that penguin, again, he had a lot of prosthetic, you know, with a cigarette, cigarette, and all the penguins that we've seen in the comic book, I mean, in the video games, uh, he was Australian, and I really enjoyed that about the penguin, that he was Australian. So I was kind of hoping that they kept that, but when, um... When Colin Farrell took up the mantle of the Penguin, obviously he wore a lot of prosthetics because Colin Farrell is a very fit man. 
Uh, he played. He had like a fat suit, all these things. But he made him kind of like a New Yorker type, Bronx type, Italian <clears throat> penguin. And you know what? I I don't mind it so much, but I really wanted that whole Australian look on him, or the the Australian talk. The music was very generic. It just kept doing the same. Uh, kept doing the same. Uh, title theme song for the whole movie maybe a couple of things here and there changed but <clears throat> for the most part it just had the same song over and over there was this tone in the movie that was very uh, 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 like uh, brutal um, the film was very tone like like darkish but maybe certain times you see a little bit of light um I, I enjoyed that, you know, in the first set of Batman movies, which was Batman 1989, Batman Returns, even Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, uh, those movies was Batman was Batman with a side of Bruce Wayne. It wasn't so much Bruce Wayne. It's like, can Batman exist? Can can Batman coexist with Bruce Wayne? Because the movie was mostly Batman. But it went from Batman 1, 1989 to Batman Returns, which was an amazing dark film. That's the way Batman was always supposed to meant to be. But a lot of parents, um, you know, complained about how dark it was. So they ended up making Batman Forever, which was a little more campy and kiddie-ish. And then they went into Batman and Robin. And that was, uh, you know, supposedly the movie then sealed the nail on the coffin when it came to Batman. Supposedly, if that movie would have hit it big, they would have done Batman Unchained. And uh, it was all later on known as Batman Triumphant. But unfortunately, that never happened. And they killed uh, Batman for a few years until finally Christopher Nolan came and did Batman Begins, which was Batman Year One. So you actually see what Batman went through in order to become the Dark Knight. <clears throat> he went through the whole uh, training of the Sha League of Shadows, meeting Ra's al Ghul, and all this stuff. And it was just an amazing, uh, in interesting story. So, uh, and then later on, you obviously you know the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. But if you want to think about it, that Batman Begins was year one. So, the Batman with Robert Pattinson would be year two. Uh, we get to see how in, in, in his garage he is literally building the Batmobile, which looked like a, a, a what a, a, it was like a, oh my god, I forgot the name of that car. Whatever. Uh, it just looked like this badass freaking, uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name of the car. Let me see something. Hold on. The Batman. Car. I just need to know what kind of car he drove. Because it is going to be bothering me for the next. He drove a uh, 700 horsepower, four-wheel drive, optional drive uh, EV drivetrain. There are a handful of cars so iconic that when the design it was a Mustang. That's what I was looking for. A Mustang 
and 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 it was just phenomenal when they introduced the car and just certain epic scenes like when the when the joke when the penguin flips his car over and you see him you see batman coming out and he's just walking him upside down that just whole sequence the music just really drove it into play i i really enjoyed the that sequence um there was just so many there were so many awesome moments in this film that Matt Reeves knew how to drive it. Uh, the film was very well done. It, de- it definitely deserved a 90% uh, percent Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people still think that this movie wasn't good. But honestly, I don't know what... I mean, I guess everybody do each his own. They all have their own opinions on these movies. Uh, they, uh, I, I know that I work with a lot of people who are talking about that The Dark Knight was the best movie of uh, Batman so far. And yes, it was a really, really good movie. But... This wasn't that bad. And I was just telling you guys, I'm sorry. Um, The original four movies was, can Batman coexist with Bruce Wayne? The the other, the Christopher Nolan trilogy was, can Bruce Wayne coexist with Batman? Because most of the movie with the Christopher Nolan trilogy was Bruce Wayne being Batman. You don't see Batman as a lot. In that movie, it's mostly Bruce Wayne being the detective that he really is, more of the of the of the powerful man that he is, because he, he literally does a lot of investigating, but usually with his money, you know. In the Batman, which Robert Pattinson is, we understand now that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but Batman Bruce Wayne is now more of a detective and that's what batman has always been he's been uh uh he's been the greatest detective that there ever was you know you see him in scenarios or in scenes where he's standing alongside gotham pd and um um you know uh commissioner gordon and they're overseeing the sequences or scenes or uh um um you know, uh, uh, scenes of 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 maybe manslaughter or or you know they're just uh, surveying the whole area, looking for clues and 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 leads to, for to lead to where the thriller is or or what's happening next uh, or what's going to happen or who's going to be killed next. You see them having you know their powwow um, as they're investigating the scene. The 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 crime scene. There you go. Why am I why am I freaking not the, the crime scene? They're investigating the crime scene, and you see this a lot. And that's what um what I loved about the Arkham City games because you had Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Arkham Origins. Those those games were literally Batman being. A detective, <clears throat> you see him investigating, and he has so many different missions in that game, and those games that you know you're just seeing him investigate, and that's great. You know, I love that. I love that this movie was based on that. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, I've heard that Matt Reeves wanted to do a whole Arkham City type set of movies, and I didn't think it was going to be executed just right. But this movie set it up really good. 
And the way the and the movie ended with the wall, the waters um, going through um, Gotham City, really gave me that feeling that they're gonna go into the Arkham City storyline of of video games. Like that would be awesome if they do that movie. And you even see um, Bat, what's his name, Robert Pattinson, Batman, Bruce Wayne at the end saying that there's still villains out there that he has to bring to justice, and. That just gave me the all was like wow Arkham City right there. Um, you do see a, a, a closing sequence where uh, the Riddler is being put in Arkham Asylum, and he's put right next to another uh, villain who is uh, you know you can see who it is. He has the fa- like the distorted uh, mouth. He has green hair, uh, and he's talking to him, telling him that you know. You know, he gets what he's going through and all this other stuff. Later on, um, I think it was like uh, almost a month later uh, since the movie released, they released a deleted scene because in the trailer you see this thing where Batman walks into this, uh, uh, I guess, a room and um, you see kind of like a wall lift up and you see somebody in like a, a, a prison outfit. And... I had a feeling when I saw that it's only a little piece, but I had a feeling that was the Joker. But I, you know, I didn't know if they were gonna actually do that. Um, you don't see that in the movie. You only see it at the end. And then when they showed the deleted scene, you actually see the Joker. I wasn't a fan. I, I know a lot of people. You know, oh yeah, I am. I'm like, no, I, I don't like the guy they chose to play the Joker. I guess because I'm. I'm literally at this point been spoiled with Heath Ledger's Joker and with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker that I'm just not uh, I'm not ready for another Joker and this Joker just seemed like uh, uh, supposedly Matt Reeves said this is not the Joker that we know the crime boss that we know he hasn't gotten there yet but when we see this Joker he has scars all over his head scars all over his hands he looks like he's been through hell his mouth is all distorted his teeth are all mangled this Joker just looks like he's literally messed up he looks like a monster if Jack Nicholson was the mob boss and Heath Ledger was the anarchist and Jared Leto was the psychopath and Joaquin Phoenix was the mental patient that this must be a monster he just looks totally disfigured and shot out um but again it was supposed to be like uh an homage to the Silence of the Lambs films because um it was in the Silence of the Lambs the cop or the lead investigator or the detective goes to uh Hannibal Lecter to ask him about his thoughts on catching this supposed serial killer that was happening at that moment and Hannibal Lecter went along with it and helped him out so they stole that idea and they had Batman go to the Joker being that Batman and the Joker are <clears throat> I guess forever enemies and the Joker knows how a psychopath or uh, a lunatic thinks so he figured that if he went to the Joker the Joker can help him out and that's what the whole um, idea was by putting that in there but I guess they had a change of heart and they took it off because it probably was a little too 
overshadowing. That whole little scene probably would have overshadowed um, Riddler because everybody just thinks about the the Joker being the greatest villain ever. Um, but I mean, I thought the film was phenomenal. Can't wait for the sequel. Supposedly, Robert Pattinson um, and Matt Reeves have talked about doing a trilogy. Supposedly, Matt uh, Robert Pattinson has been dropping ideas about the Court of Owls being in the second film. Um, there was this uh, deleted scene at the very, very end after the credits ro- finished rolling, where it said goodbye, and then a scan of a of a picture went up, and a lot of people have on what's that called? They have on they have found out what this. Uh, was it? It was a a picture of different codes, and they found out that literally a lot of them were dates on some of the characters that were in this movie. Um, one of the last ones was that was on unraveled was uh the Two Face being in it. I don't know if he will be in the sequel. Maybe it's something more. I guess we just have to wait and see because there's been just so much speculation on what could be in the next set of films. Uh, That was literally my spoiler review of uh, the Batman. Not really too much of of a spoiler because... I didn't really reveal a lot. Of, it's it's literally three hours of bliss. We get to see um, Batman at one point. He injects himself with this thing called Venom. Um, the only thing that springs to mind when we see that is we think about Bane. Is Bane already in this world? Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Um, there's just so much to speculate when it comes to the Batman. The Batman is out right now in theaters, people. Um, If you want to go watch it, go check it out. It was a really, really intense and good film. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. One thing that I have to say that I wasn't too fond of was, I don't know, I still don't see Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. Um, I liked Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. I think my forever... Batman Bruce Wayne is going to be Michael Keaton. Uh, Val Kilmer never liked him as Bruce Wayne. George Clooney never liked him as Bruce Wayne. Um, but I, I guess I have to see my. I, it felt, you know, we had the Riddler, we had Robert Pattinson, we had Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Joker. <coughs> um, it just they all felt like I felt like this was. Uh, uh, college of bad guys in Batman and they were just playing Batman I don't know they just seem so young to me Um, it's crazy because Robert Pattinson is in his 30s and this would be the time where Bruce Wayne could be Batman you know starting Batman's um, um, story but he just seems so young to me I don't know the Joker seems so young yet he was all make up out, you know, the Riddler, very, very out there. But yes, that has been my review on the Batman. Um, I just gave you little nooks and crannies about what the movie is about or what the characters were about. I didn't really give you too much of what, how it unraveled. So I guess you can do your, you know, your best at finding out you know what the movie's about just go to the theaters and check it out all right we're gonna go into the pam and tommy uh questionnaire uh, that it is on hulu right now check out all all seven or eight episodes uh we're gonna go with the first question did tommy really lick 
Pam's faced a moment. They met. So in the movie, uh, this is not the movie, the TV show. It is played by Lily Lily James, or who is otherwise known as uh, Cinderella in the Disney's live action Cinderella. She played Pamela Anderson. She went through an extensive makeup. Uh, uh, even her breasts were enhanced with fake breasts. Um, you saw they put a forehead on her. They fixed her nose. All this stuff just to make her look like Pamela Anderson. And uh, Sebastian Stan, who is otherwise known as the Winter Soldier, played none other than Tommy Lee. Um, he didn't really look like Tommy Lee, but they got his, his basics out there. You know, they were just... Two, even though they had money, it felt like they were rednecks. Um, the show, the show starts off with uh, these carpenters building all this stuff for Tommy Lee. Um, but then Tommy Lee starts to become this complete a hole and tell them to move everything over. Yet they don't have the money to be doing this type of stuff for free, so they tell them that they need the money up front. Tommy Lee looks at the work, says that it's shoddy work, the wood is crap, all the stuff that he's not going to pay them anything. Um, and then when uh, uh, the character that's played by Seth Rogen goes to pick up his his uh, his tools, Tommy Lee won't let him and chases him out with a shotgun. So afterwards, um, um, the guy, the character of Seth Rogen goes back to steal what is his just do ends up taking a whole safe and finds out that he has a bunch of stuff inside the safe including this videotape who as he, when he views it turns out that it was Pam Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee on vacation just having random moments of not only showing love to each other but random moments of just sexual pleasure everywhere so he goes and, you know, being that he has some connections with uh, adult film uh, producers and directors, he ends up finding a way to uh, make money off of this videotape by injecting it on a computer. Later on, it just spirals out of control. Uh, people start to get their hands on it since he doesn't have the copyrights to the videotape. Um, it, it, they, he ends up getting screwed. Pretty much. Not only does he get screwed, he screws up Pamela Anderson's life and he screws up Tommy Lee's life. Because in the 90s, it was very taboo to uh, come out with, you know, your own porn videos. Um, unless they were done by major porn industries. And <coughs> they weren't. It was a stolen videotape from their own private uh, uh, collection or stuff and they made money off it so they were all pretty much screwed um, later on in time obviously Pamela Anderson has become you know she is she was an up and coming starlet at the time because she was in Baywatch and she was doing movies like Barbed Wire and all these low budget movies but she never became anything big and this probably was why her career kind of faltered but then again she was posing for playboy and all these different things and people who you who use their bodies to try to make it usually don't they have to have something to fall back on usually it's some kind of an acting career or whatever she thought she could act but as you see in the series she nobody took her serious because she was literally a dumb blonde with big tits 
And, um, you know, for a good moment, she was the cat's pajamas. Her youth was all that we saw. But all in all, youth doesn't last. If you look at her now, she's just a dumb blonde with tits with age. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much the whole story of the of the what happened in the in the in the show. Uh, so we're going to get into some questionnaires. So did Tommy really lick Pam's face the moment they met? They met at this club uh, where Pam was, I mean, Tommy was with some random chick. And Pam was with her friends. And this is the answer. This actually happened. Albeit on New Year's Eve and not Anderson's birthday. So in the show, it shows Anderson, uh, Pamela Anderson's birthday party. And, the, and then Tommy Lee goes and... He licks her face or whatever the case. But this happened, this it really happened in New, a New Year's Eve party. According to Lee's memoir, Tommyland, I went out with some of my best bros to a Los Angeles club called Sanctuary. We all sat in a booth popping e-pills, drinking champagne and being effing maniacs. Suddenly a waitress came over and said, Tommy's here a shot of Goldschlager. It's for you from Pamela Anderson. So Pamela Anderson literally bought drinks for everybody. And one of the drinks went to Tommy Lee. He looked at her, loved her, and ran up to her. I pushed my way into her booth. This is Tommy Lee speaking. Slid over her girlfriend's laps and forced myself space right next to her. Then I grabbed her face and just licked the side of it. From chin to temple. Moreover, she was so beautiful, I couldn't even bring myself to think of defiling her with thoughts of lust. I just stared at her all night. She just stared back. So they were literally, I mean, it has said from both parties, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, saying that they are each other's uh, uh, love, the love of their lives. <clears throat> Question two, did Pam and Tommy get married after only a few days? So in the show, it, it literally shows them getting married a few days after and uh, after their meeting. And literally, when they're coming back home, they haven't even finalized who's going to live with who. They don't even know anything about each other. Like, what movies is their best, their favorite movie, or whatever the case. So you see them actually just finding out little things as they're going home on their... The limousine. So, did they get married after a few days? Uh, and it said, the answer is, this is largely true. I called every hotel on the strip searching for her. This is Tommy Lee talking. The sixth hotel on my list was the Ritz-Carlton. And when they said there was a Pamela Anderson staying there, I practically wet myself with excitement. I left a message, or six, asking if she went wanted to meet for a drink. We found... A place called Senior Frogs, Senior Frogs, which reeked of beer and mar margarita vomit. We were both shy and embarrassed, especially after all the buildup to this first date. But as the night progressed, the outside world melted away. Lee recalled, four days later, they got married on the beach. As the series depicts, Anderson wore a white bikini and Lee wore cutoffs. Instead of exchanging rings, they tattooed each other's names on their ring fingers. Which is ridiculous, but I mean, I guess love between these two idiots. 
Question number three. Did Pam and Tommy save themselves from marriage? In the show, it shows that they never made love to each other. They were just naked with each other, taking e-pills and just staring at each other. But Lee's account, Tommy Lee's account says, is that the couple went to the clubs, to restaurants, to bars, to beach to the beach and all we did was stare at each other and kiss all night then we went home and made love so they did have sex nevertheless there is no doubt that lee's attachment was deeply romantic as he continued it felt like our hearts had been hot glued together <laughs> question number four was tommy a diva homeowner well we did see i uh, did tell you guys about the beginning of how he treated these guys so the answer is this is more or less correct although Gautier who is uh, the character that Seth Rogen played was an electrician not a carpenter according to the 2014 Rolling Stone article on which the script is based Lee did abruptly fire the contractor and workman refusing to pay for the work already performed on the grounds that it wasn't up to scratch. Gaultier was so fed up with the couple's demands, he was ready to write off the $20,000, but Lee, preventing him from retrieving his tools, pushed him over the edge. Nor, as the Times London reported, were these the only tradesmen Lee and Anderson fired on spurious grounds and Lee was a terrible client with ever-changing demands that included a koi pond <laughs> excuse me 20 foot mural of heaven and hell in the elevator shaft and a 30 foot swing in the living room above a white baby grand piano mm. That's just, you know, when you're young and you have money and you're constantly drinking and partying. These are the stupid things that people come up with. Mm. Question number five. Was Rand Gautier ever married to a porn star? In the movie, in the show, it, porn, it, it, it illustrates that he was with this woman who eventually became a lesbian and um, was a porn star. And he himself uh, was in adult films as well. The answer says Gautier was well connected to the porn world. He, made, he met porn star Erica Boyer on a blind date in the late 80s and moved in with her after six weeks. She introduced him to some directors and over the next decade he performed in over 75 adult movies including such epics as Big Boo Bikini Bash and Willy Wankers and The Fun Factory. Far from being only tangentially attached to the industry when not performing he built sets and dated performers like Wendy Whoppers and Stacey Valentine moreover in the series Gautier is played by Seth Rogen and so has a cuddly Rogan-esque body but in real life Gautier was a broad-shouldered and strapping man question number six did Pam really idolize Jane Fonda well, in the show, she says she does, but real life, I don't think she really. There's really any accounts to that. Question is, the answer is while we were unable to find a reference to her identifying Fonda specifically as a role model in 2015, Anderson co-starred with Fonda's voice at least in a short film called Con Connected. 
in which she plays an aging trophy wife and spin instructor who is seeking to reinvent herself. Fonda voices the host of a self-improvement podcast. This is the first time I've ever been in serious role, she noted at the at the time. While Luke Guilford the film's director observed she was a someone clearly searching for meaning, having been a symbol of everything plastic for so long. She was really scared, but up for the challenge. She is very hardworking and did, did a ton of research and rehearsals because people didn't believe she could pull it off. And with that, um, I am done with my uh, uh, Pam and Tommy questionnaire. Again, it was a lot of uh, uh, it was a, it was a time where you know in the nineties. I remember being uh, uh, I, I think I was in my sixteen, probably uh, maybe seventeen. I think it was a little younger. Me and my nephew. I used to stay at his house all the time down in Point Pleasant when they first moved over there. And I remember we went to a video store to rent a movie. Which I believe it was Alien Resurrection that we rented. But I remember seeing the movie there for rent. And I remember looking at the videos. It was a 60-minute movie. Or was it 30 minutes? I forget how long it was. I remember eventually watching it online. And it was just... Just Pamela Anderson and, and, and Tommy Lee uh, at the beach. And just having sex. And, and it wasn't like... The greatest thing, they made it seem like everybody wanted... I guess because Pamela Anderson was a household name and everybody loved her. So I guess that's what... But when I saw it, it really wasn't anything to gawk over or go crazy for. But it was probably the first real um, celebrity adult film. You know, after that, we got Paris Hilton. Not one night in Paris, one night in China. We got so many different movies out there. I think Pamela Anderson even had another sex tape with another rocker, and um, but that was the first real and with a heavy, a heavy, a titan like Pamela Anderson. It was just every boy's dream to actually see something like that. I remember finally seeing it and not thinking that it was anything worth gawking over. I honestly, people were going crazy for this crap, and I was like. Uh, I'm not really into this, but uh, I was more into this series, and I give it a two thumbs up, and it definitely must watch. Not for anybody under the age of 18, definitely. It's an adult show, but it was a good show. Definitely something Seth Rogen should get uh, recognized for. I'm going to go into some quick news, and then we'll go, uh, you know, do a quick transition, and then call it a day. Um... Alrighty, so um, I'm going to go right into the news. Got a lot to say. After three decades, Mari Povich is calling it quits. Is ending his show. You are not the father. No more of that's coming to play. I mean, I, I, a lot of the people that I grew up watching on regular talk TV, they've been done. Uh, Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake, uh, who was it? Uh, Richard Bay. Uh, there was just so many. Even in Spanish, Cristina. 
you know, those shows ended. Uh, Mari Povich has been the longest running show. And he's, he's, he's gotten old, man. He's gotten old, but it's about time. Um, I haven't seen him do We Are Not The Father in a very long time. And, I mean, I've already spoke about the slap heard against around the world. Uh, moving on with more news. Hard Mountain Dew is here. Alcoholic Mountain Dew is out there in four flavors. Regular Black Cherry Watermelon and Baja Blast. I gotta taste that. It sounds really tasty. Robert Pattinson wore George Clooney's Batman and Robin's spat suits for his screen test for the Batman. That's crazy. His head, his upper torso and his head was the only part that fit. Ryan Reynolds promises Deadpool 3 updates coming sooner rather than later. Let's keep our ears open, people. Patrick Stewart denied his voice in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Dude, are you stupid? Your voice is iconic. We know that was you. Andrew Garfield states he has no plans to play Spider-Man again. Again, these guys, they so much lies. Shut up. Twisted Metal TV series starring Anthony Mackie and Will Arnett going to Peacock. Why? They really want to make this Peacock thing go. Beetlejuice 2 is in the works. Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder are attached once again. Produced by Michael Keaton's company, Plan B. Definitely ready for that. Solo Penguin series coming and will be like Scarface. I mean, he does have a scar, so, I mean, and he made it sound like he's Italian. Indiana Jones has, 5 has finally wrapped production. I'm wondering if this is the last one. Netflix, Netflix's Marvel shows are now on Disney Plus in the U.S., people. Catch up on your Marvel shows. Kevin Feige states Doctor Strange is going to be the anchor to the MCU. Well, hopefully, right now he's becoming like the main thing. Disney Plus, Disney Plus adds parental controls to their platforms so younger viewers can watch their mature viewing content, which is literally the Marvel shows that are from Netflix. <coughs> Mr. Knight poster drops for Moon Knight. Moon Knight should be, I believe it's out tonight i can't wait the boys diabolical gets reviewed at four out of five is now streaming on prime video i mean prime yeah prime prime video disney warner brothers and sony have pulled their films and shows from russia in protest to ukraine's war effort indefinitely this includes turning red morbius dr strange the batman and more Ariana DeBose casted in Craven the Hunter movie for Sony as Calypso. Spider-Man No Way Home was the frontrunner for Oscar fan favorite award, but now we know it was Army of the Dead who won. It was stated that Doctor Strange has had an extensive reshoot series, a session. The majority of the film has been reshot. Does this cause concern for, or are they brushing up on it stated by Bruce Campbell? At this point, anything can be in the film. Ben and Fred Savage, who, uh, I mean, if, we know, if you know who Fred Savage is, he was in a little show called Wonder Years. Uh, but Ben and Fred Savage also starred in different movies, and one of the movies was Little Monsters. Both stated that They'd be down to do a little monster sequel if Howie Mandel was attached. And Howie responded on tweet on a tweet saying he's in. 
Evan Rachel Wood signs on to the Weird Al Yankovic biopic as Madonna, and it is said that she looks spot on. Charlie Cox states he would back up a PG version of Daredevil and also feels that he would like at some point to wear the double D insignia on his chest. Charlie believes this Daredevil reboot, this Daredevil reboot shouldn't pick up where the Daredevil left off on Netflix. Ah. I don't think they should do a PG version of it. And if they did, still make it edgy. Tom Hiddleston, who portrays Loki, states he is only a torchbearer for the role of Loki. But will we ever see anybody else play that character? Because he was just amazing in that as that character. AEW Dynamite News. Tony Khan reveals he bought Ring of Honor, the platform that began many wrestlers' careers on this day and age. So, what is he intent on doing that? Uh, on doing with it? I guess he's just going to use it as kind of like what WWE is doing with NXT, you know, making up and coming wrestlers. Robert Pattinson believes that the Court of Owls will be the Batman in the Batman 2, like I said before. One of Bat one of the Batman HBO spin-off will connect to the Arkham Asylum. And as stated, one of three series in the works of HBO Max. First is Gotham PD. Second is The Penguin, focusing on Colin Farrell's character. And then Arkham Asylum, which we get to see kind of like an Oz-type uh, TV show with all the villains. That would be awesome. Matt Reeves states that he doubts he could ever make a good Marvel film. I doubt it. He'd just make it very edgy. Matt Reeves, director of The Batman, states he never planned on crossing over Joaquin Phoenix's Joker with the film. True, it's a different Earth. And John Cho states again he was in shock at the Cowboy Bebop cancellation. Whatever, we'll live. And finally, The Batman took in $128.5 million at the box office, second best pandemic era opening with 248.5 million at the global box office that's awesome people and we are done with our news so we're going to make a quick transition and we'll come back with reviews and recommendations and then we'll call it a day Alrighty then, we are back. Okay, I'm joking. Alright, let's get into that reviews and recommendations. So, like I've been telling you guys, I always do marathons. And me and my friend Maria, we were getting ready for the upcoming, at the time, the upcoming Resident Evil film. Or maybe I was just getting ready for it myself. Um, obviously, she had never seen none of the Resident Evils. And obviously, the Resident Evils that existed with Mila Jovovich were loosely based on the games. Obviously, they brought in a bunch of characters, but they were just n nothing 
more than just secondary characters. Nothing really big. But um, we had seen the previous three movies. No, the previous two movies. Uh, Resident Evil and Resident Evil Apocalypse. Which I spoke about in our last podcast. The next one was Resident Evil Extinction. Uh, it reads, Survivors of the Raccoon City Catastrophe travel across the Nevada desert, hoping to make it to Alaska. Alice joins the caravan and their fight against Evil Umbrella Corp. Now, if you haven't seen these movies, obviously I can't do nothing for you, but they are part of, a, I believe it's a six-part series of movies with this made-up character of Alice. Uh, and she just meets a lot of the characters from the video games. Uh, not the best movies. I enjoyed the first movie because it could have served as a prequel to the video game. Second movie took it uh, the horror element away and it became more of an action film. This one, I call it an action western horror sci-fi. Uh, because it was more out in the Nevada desert. Like every which one had its own thing. The first one was a horror sci-fi film. Second one was a horror sci-fi action film. The third one was like I said. Western horror action sci-fi. The uh, I believe the fourth one is sci-fi horror again. And then the fifth one again it's more. It's just. A lot of sci-fi, blah, blah, blah. Movies weren't great, but obviously this is a series. Next movie we're going to talk about was Beyond Witch Mountain, which was supposed to serve as a pilot for the Witch Mountain uh, TV show. Uh, it reads, after reports of a boy's amazing abilities surface, Tony and Tia are sent to go find him knowing that the boy must be from their world they are joined by an old friend jason o'day and a black cat named windy together they race to find the boy before their old nemesis aristotle bolt does um again these are very old movies that were uh, done by Disney. They made the first two, which was Escape to Witch Mountain. The second one was called Return to Witch Mountain. And this is Beyond Witch Mountain, which, like I said, was supposed to be the pilot episode for the TV series, which never hit it off. So they just left it as one movie. Um, it wasn't that great. So, I mean, I don't know. You have to look it up online to, find, to watch it. Um, uh, I started during my... <clears throat> COVID period, I started watching Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence's Life, and I never finished it, but I ended up finishing it later on. Uh, the synopsis reads, in 1932, two strangers are wrongfully convicted and develop a strong friendship in prison that lasts them through the 20th, 20th century. Horrible movie. I thought it was horrible. Although they did put a lot of at the moment up and coming uh, comedians or were popular comedians but honestly I did not like that movie it sucked I finished off HBO Max's The Flight Attendant with uh, what was it Katie Kuko um, it was it was uh, a show it was really good it was all over the place Flight uh, reads a reckless flight attendant with an alcoholism problem wakes up in the wrong hotel in the wrong bed with a dead man and no idea what happened unable to piece the night together she begins to wonder if she could be the killer i i loved it great show it was all over the place 
waiting on season two. Uh, it just goes to show you the life of flight attendants. I mean, I do believe that a lot of these flight attendants do this type of stuff. They just recklessly have dr- sex with random people. I've I actually know a couple of flight uh, flight attendants who are male who live this type of life. They're married with wives and women, girlfriends, but they just go and become whores. So, go figure. The last movie that we saw um, that I'm going to speak about is The Amazing Spider-Man, which is continuing um, our non-MCU marathon because obviously we were watching the MCU marathon and the non-MCU marathon and um, The Amazing Spider-Man just happened to be non-MCU. But now with Spider-Man No Way Home, it kind of does make it part of the MCU. So The Amazing Spider-Man, after Peter Parker is bitten by a genetically altered spider, he gains newfound spider-like powers and ventures out to save the city from the machinations or of a mysterious reptilian foe which is known as the lizard and this is uh uh the introduction of my favorite spider-man which is andrew garfield um i love this movie i i actually love the second one a lot too Uh, a lot of people didn't like this spider-man but now because of no way home they found a new love for andrew garfield spider-man so there is talks of making a new one Uh, let's see what happens andrew garfield amazing spider-man and uh, the last bit that I saw, obviously, like I told you, I had started a marathon of Walt Disney World parades. I did a, a Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving parade for my marathon from my birth all the way up to the current year, which I believe was 2019. I decided to do one for uh, this past Christmas or this Christmas, around this time, I was watching all the Christmas movies. Um, so it was 1998's Walt Disney World, A Very Merry Christmas Parade. I read, after a year of magical Walt Disney World Christmas, it's back to the Walt Disney World Very Merry Christmas Parade of 1998. The hosts are Caroline Ray and Richard Kind, along with special guests and sync from Epcot's Future World, Martina McBride in the Magic Kingdom, Justin Cooper, at Animal Kingdom, Wayne Brady on board the Disney Magic and a special appearance by Donnie Osmond at Disney MGM Studios are, are in store. So most of these things I watch, well, the parades I watch on YouTube because for some odd reason they have uploaded all of them on there. A lot of these movies that I've watched or spoken about are on all the streaming sites like HBO Max, Netflix, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, uh, Prime Video. Uh, I even have BritBox where I watch all of my Doctor Who's. I'm almost done, so I'm going to be getting rid of BritBox soon. But I have Tubi TV. I have Pluto TV. I have so many different um, things to watch my thing. I even have cinema, like I told you. So I, you can watch all this online somewhere. Just look it up. It'll tell you exactly where it is. Uh, but uh, I believe that that's the end of my show, people. I am Dave D. Saint. Hold on one second. I am Dave D. Saint. Uh, coming, you know, from night of the podcast, night at the podcast, pop the podcast, whatever. You can follow me on all the major hashtags under Dave 
underscore D underscore Saints or Dave D Saints or as David Santiago. If you want to play video games with me, which I haven't been playing lately, but you can find me at PSN, um, Ariel Dean 81. I repeat, Ariel Dean 81 as an Ariel under the C. Dean as in James Dean in 81, the number that comes after 80. Um, and just like Gus J. Swirl 77 says all the time, take care, man. <laughs>